Chapter One of Order Number Eleven. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Matt Perard. Order Number Eleven by Caroline Abbott Stanley. Chapter One: The Man with a Single Aim. It was a September day on the western prairies of missouri the earth had risen from a fresh bath like a strong man rejoicing to run a race there was no trace of the summer's lassitude in field or flower nor as yet a hint of failing powers in the forest beyond a young man of twenty and a girl in the exuberant beauty of form and coloring that belongs to seventeen sat together out in the summer-house and talked the fleeting hours away and how fast they went gordon was going away soon and the sun was almost down they were very commonplace things they talked about sometimes the conversation was fragmentary and disjointed it would hardly have passed for conversation at all if they had been held to the strict letter of the law for often there were long intervals in which neither cared to talk but they were never awkward pauses he was no stranger that must be entertained with ceaseless chatter sometimes the silences seemed the pleasantest part of their talk they were so instinct with communion yes a very commonplace conversation but to them sparkling and deep-toned for the colouring of seventeen and twenty was in it they were speaking now of an expected guest when is she coming he asked we don't know exactly father has gone to the office now to see if there is a letter we think she will be here to-morrow i hope she will i'm crazy to see her and then she ought to have sunday to rest it is a long journey from massachusetts to missouri and it was longer in eighteen fifty nine than it is to-day she is from boston you say from near there my i dread it as anxious as i am for her to come i'm afraid of anybody that knows so much virginia trevilian gave a shrug to the pretty dimpled shoulders rising from the baby waist of pink lawn gordon they say she can teach greek and latin just think of that a woman gordon lay smiled he had been in college three years now and he was not so much in awe of greek and latin as he had once been the girl gave a bubbling laugh that was good to hear it was so spontaneous somehow it made one think of the overflow of a nigher falling spring aunt nun says she fully expects them to get stalled coming out from the landing she says all that wisdom is enough to mire the mules he laughed with her it takes miss nanny to set things out how will she get along with a massachusetts yankee she is such a virginian oh they'll get along all right if miss abby only has some sense of humor if she hasn't she'll have a hard time aunt nine always sees the fun in things but she's good she wouldn't hurt her feelings for the world it's mother that is worrying she is so afraid miss abby won't eat hot waffles and things and the spring bubbled over again the summer-house was covered with a wealth of coral honeysuckle that shut out the world and all it held a winding gravelled walk 
with a border of old-fashioned heart's-ease led from it to the white pillared portico of the house beyond that virginia trevilian called home it was a stately structure for the western border there was a great upright whose projecting gable severe as that of a doric temple rested on columns of stuccoed masonry that gave the place a classic air and justified the direction so often given to strangers looking for it take the lexington road and keep straight on till you come to a little cult house on either side were wings which added to the breadth of the facade and gave a reassuring suggestion of housing for all guests who might choose to enter its portals through a rift in the honeysuckle gordon could see from where he sat the broad double porch running back the length of the generous l its companion was on the other side with a stairway in it giving access to the upper rooms of the l it was a typical southern house of the better sort and had been built on the frontier by a loyal son of the old dominion with memories of mount vernon and monticello stirring in his soul and tenderer recollections still perhaps of his own boyhood's home in old albemarle colonel trevilian had journeyed away from that old home with his flocks and his herds his men-servants and maid-servants like the patriarchs of old but he had not cut away from the ancient traditions he would build here in the wilderness a new keswick that should be to his infant son what the old keswick had been to him an ancestral home full of tender memories at once an anchor and an inspiration he laid his foundations broad and deep he built to stay the place would go down to beverly and beverly's children after him some day and it must be worthy of the trevilians most men have some ruling passion says henry van dyke this was colonel trevilian's to found an honorable house in the state of his adoption to make the name of trevilian respected in jackson county as for generations it had been in albemarle to bequeath to his son and heir an estate commensurate with the position he would inherit and entitling him to a place among the landed gentry of the new commonwealth these were the hopes and aspirations welling up in his heart as he had stood twenty years before on the site of keswick with his first-born son pressed to his breast and looked out over the swelling prairies that lay serene in the consciousness of latent strength this was the thought that had dominated his life through all these years keswick as it stood in its chaste beauty was the flower of a mingled hope and steadfast purpose whose trunks had grown together and whose roots had been striking deeper year by year with some men love of the soil and the habitation they have made to grow ranks with love of human things and you go on monday the girl was saying regretfully you and brother yes on the thomas h benton down the missouri and up the ohio we separate at cincinnati you know i go from there to lexington and beverly on to virginia i know it's too bad you can't be together well we've kept together a good long time our ways will have to divide some time i suppose i can hardly remember a day that beverly and i have not seen each other damon and pythias father calls us and mother david and jonathan she says any time well jonathan have you seen david 
he smiled at her clever mimicry and you've been friends through it all haven't you never fall out or anything like that never we don't always think alike but i reckon it is because you are so different that you are such good friends now sally and i have fusses any time at all but then we always make up you see sally has red hair and well i reckon mine is a little tinged when it comes to fusses i really think it is he was looking quizzically at the rippling mass of dark brown on her shapely head a wave of which he lifted now with a pencil he held i think i have observed that myself he said with a slight smile when it comes to fusses go away from here gordon lay you haven't at all i am amiability itself i really don't know what we are going to do without you boys she continued seriously we shall miss you dreadfully oh farge will you he moved toward her all his flippancy gone why of course brother being in the house with me and such a tease i couldn't help missing him and i know sally will feel the same way about you he moved back sally was its orphan cousin who with her mother had lived in his father's house for years he was glad she would miss him but it was not the assurance he most desired to-day perhaps she saw something of this in his face for suddenly she exclaimed how sweet those pansies are mother calls them heart's ease i just love them the young man stepped to the border and gathered a handful i should be glad if i could gratify every unspoken wish of yours as quickly virginia he said very seriously as he gave them to her she buried her face in their cool fragrance when she looked at it the color was still in her cheek my deepest wish spoken or unspoken at present she said gaily ignoring his look is it to be somewhere where something is likely to happen it is all very nice for you and brother you are going off to travel and see people as well as go to college but sally and i have to stay here at home and content ourselves with the same little old schoolhouse that we've sat in all our days and there couldn't be a dear old place no doubt to those that have left it how blessings brighten as they take their flight i suppose i should feel the same way if i were just starting off to monticello or elizabeth all seminary i wish i were but mother won't hear to a boarding school well anyway this is my last year of school next year when i am eighteen i am going to richmond on a visit aha then i'll be miss trevilian having bows and a good time while you'll be plodding away in school she rose mockingly caught her pink lawn skirt daintily between her fingers and made him a low courtesy miss trevilian dr lay ah i thought you were miss trevilian now having bows and a good time oh boys don't count she said scornfully boys you've been raised with i'm talking about young gentlemen real grown-up sure enough bows very fine he was feeling unaccountably depressed there was likely to be a good deal of truth in what she was saying then he rose and shook his tall frame well i reckon i'd better be going don't hurry there's something i want to ask you he sat down 
i went to the grapevine tree this morning oh did you he spoke eagerly the grapevine tree had been the trysting place for the four since they were children i was going down there myself but but you concluded to take a walk down by the branch instead i saw you who was the girl with you she was watching him narrowly the slight start that he gave did not escape her notice he smiled slightly whom did it look like it looked like lois chandler but of course it wasn't the mocking eyes that looked into his had just a suspicion of anxiety in them as if she wanted confirmation of her statement that it couldn't be why of course because because is there really any reason why if i or beverly or any of the boys wanted to tell lois chandler good-bye we shouldn't do it virginia's head was up and her hair taking the dangerous tinge none in the world that i know if you wanted to was it lois i don't see why there should be any secret about it nor i well then tell me he was silent a moment if there is any secret virginia mind i don't say there is it is not mine to give away that's all oh you think she wouldn't want it known well perhaps she wouldn't virginia was very much vexed she had started to find out all about this thing and she had been quietly and deeply foiled and miss virginia trevilian was not accustomed to defeat they sat in silence a few moments virginia pulling the hearts relentlessly out of the pansies she loved so then he spoke quite naturally as though the last subject had been finished up and it was time to introduce another virginia father was telling us a strange story yesterday would you like to hear it i don't care it was spoken very indifferently he looked up not at her face but her head Burge, do you know i think your hair is a little red she broke into a laugh at that ashamed of her temper nonsense there's nothing the matter with my hair this time i'm sure i don't care whom you go walking with what's your story gordon felt better it was not his intention to tell her anything more about this matter than she already knew but he would be sorry to have anything come between them just as he was going away he settled himself to tell the story well father was called over to kansas yesterday to lawrence in consultation just as he was starting home he noticed that there was some excitement down the street a little way and he rode over to see what it was there was a dead man lying on the ground and a crowd around him father says he never saw men laboring under such excitement one man turned around to him his teeth chattering and his face as white as a sheet and said another he says they all looked as if they had seen a ghost what was the matter with them virginia asked her vexation all forgotten in her interest they surely ought to be used to seeing dead men in kansas by this time it wasn't simply his being dead it was the way he was killed father got down and examined him closely there was a round bullet hole in the middle of the forehead well what was there strange in that the strange part is to come they say that every little while a man is picked up around there 
killed in that same way this is the fifteenth they told father mercy gordon you scare me to death isn't that frightful father says people are perfectly desperate over it nobody can tell who the next one will be and nobody knows what to protect himself against that's the worst of it haven't they any clue to who does it not the slightest when they find the man he is always dead and dead men tell no tales you know but every few months there is a new victim and always in the same way they sat in dismayed contemplation of it well said a gay voice in the doorway you look very solemn collie what's the matter hello sally where did you come from oh from going to and fro in the earth like satan and from walking up and down in it or rather riding if you want the exact truth where is brother here spoke a voice over sally's shoulder as a handsome curly head and a pair of broad shoulders were thrust into view who's calling the roll miss abby and chivo the sepulchral tongue with its strong nasal twang came from between virginia's red lips and she lifted a frowning brow to him don't let me hear you say colin again remember your g's that's what aunt nan says she will say to me oh dear i suppose our incarceration begins monday groaned sally yes if the incarcerator doesn't strike a sandbar we are all anxiety about that now liz is in a great state of excitement because mother says she can wait on miss abby i suppose i'll have to wait on myself or fall back on mammy liz has about drained me of ribbons and belts and so forth and i suppose she thinks a lady from boston will be fat game after a little more jesting about miss abby gordon asked really what have you two been up to it was sally that answered beverly has been making himself popular with the old ladies in the neighborhood by going around telling them good-bye just what you ought to have been doing mr gordon lay instead of wasting your time in the trevilian summer-house and that was just the difference between the two beverly remembered everybody while gordon thought only of virginia and what were you doing while brother was so virtuous asked virginia chaperoning beverly i couldn't risk him alone with all those designing mamas of course not so i sacrificed myself for his good but what were y'all so sober about she persisted dropping into the seat opposite them and making room for beverly at her side i want to know virginia says she saw me out walking this morning down by the branch and she was trying to get me to tell who it was with me said gordon looking straight at beverly not sally bev would you tell if virginia had been on guard she might have seen a questioning look and a swift answering frown pass between them no said beverly carelessly girls have too much curiosity that wasn't it at all cried virginia indignantly i'm sure i don't care who gordon walks with he was telling me about the man dr lane saw in lawrence and ugh wasn't that horrible interrupted sally i've been feeling my forehead every fifteen minutes since to see if i had been hit unbeknownst to me as old aunt dicey says but it seems that this is for men only what do you make of it gordon 
asked beverly sally has just been telling me about it gordon shook his head with a gesture of giving it up i hardly know it seems to me it must be the work of one man not many could aim like that and hit the mark every time but what the motive can don't let's talk any more about it cried virginia impetuously i'm ready to jump out of my skin now i know i will dream of it tonight sally have you seen the schoolhouse since it was fixed up let's go and take a look at it the girls started together and the two young men followed discussing the case as they went they were strikingly alike in height and build a fact that virginia looking back to make some remark noticed for the first time with a start then sally cried oh there is your father now see he's waving the letter and the schoolhouse idea was abandoned they all gathered on the porch to wait for him mrs trevilian and miss nanny coming out too and even mammy hovering in the background to be the first to spread the news colonel trevilian threw the bridle to jake and came up the walk bordered with flowers how are you gordon howdy sally as blooming as ever i see well my dear turning to his wife she'll be here to-morrow that evening as beverly trevilian started from the dining-room where he had been doing justice to prairie chicken and hot waffles virginia looked at the hat he had taken up it was a black and white straw just like gordon's brother where were you this morning out hunting aren't you eating the fruit of my labors now oh it was gordon after all then End of chapter one